Hey everyone, technically you're getting two days in history today because we're running two episodes from the History Vault. You'll also hear two hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson, and it's November 29th. The Zong Massacre began on this day in 1781. The Zong was a slave ship, and conditions on slave ships in general were brutal and horrifying. But aboard the Zong, they became even worse. The Zong left the African coast on September 6th of that year. It was heavily overloaded with 442 enslaved Africans. And while crossing the Atlantic, many of these people became ill and died because of disease and thirst and malnutrition. And again, this was common aboard slave ships, but it became a lot worse in this case because the crew accidentally sailed past their destination of Jamaica. And then on the other side of Jamaica, they were becalmed. By the time they became stranded at sea, having lost the wind, 380 of those original 442 enslaved people were still living. While they were stuck there, conditions got worse, and the crew made a decision. They threw some of the enslaved people aboard off the ship to try to conserve resources. They focused on the ones who were sick or dying. Over the span of just a few days, the crew threw 132 people overboard. And about 10 people also jumped overboard to avoid this fate. Luke Collingwood was the captain of the ship, but he wasn't the ship's owner. The owner was a man named James Gregson. And once the Zong finally did get out of this situation and arrived in Jamaica, Gregson filed an insurance claim for his lost property. That property being the enslaved people who had been jettisoned from the ship. Collingwood also died not long after arriving, and the manifest of exactly who and what had been on board disappeared. So it wasn't at all uncommon for the owner of a slave ship to insure the enslaved people aboard. And it also wasn't all that uncommon for the insurer to pay claims on so-called cargo that was lost during the trip. But in this case, the insurance company refused to pay. The insurance inspector said that there was more than 400 gallons of water aboard the Zong when it got to Jamaica, so it shouldn't have been necessary to reduce the numbers aboard the ship. There was also evidence that the crew had passed up the opportunity to replenish the stores of water on the ship and that the killings had continued after rains replenished the water supply that was there. This matter went to court, and the court found in favor of James Gregson. But the insurance company appealed the decision. This appeal became a matter of national attention in Britain, as abolitionists use it as an example of the horrors of slavery. William Murray, the Earl of Mansfield and the Lord Chief Justice of the King's Bench, was the one who heard this appeal and ordered a new trial. It was during all of this that the word massacre was first used to describe what had happened. And living in the home of William Murray, the Earl of Mansfield, was a woman named Dido Elizabeth Bell. She was the Earl's grandniece. Dido's father was a British Navy officer, Sir John Lindsay, and her mother was an enslaved woman named Maria, who Lindsay either stole or rescued from a Spanish vessel in the Caribbean. 
there's been a lot of speculation about whether Dido's presence in the Earl's life influenced his decision in ordering this new trial. And while it may have played a part, he really focused his ruling on the question of how much water was on the ship and whether the right actions had been taken regarding what was considered to be cargo. He didn't really look at the question of whether the enslaved Africans aboard the ship were considered people with rights who were the victims of murder rather than cargo. Even though he found in favor of the insurance company and that a new trial was ordered, that trial doesn't appear to have ever happened. And this might have been due to fears that because of the progress of the movement for abolition and all the discussion about the people aboard this ship that had happened during this hearing, there were concerns that that might actually lead to murder convictions for the crew. Thanks to Christopher Asiotis for his research work on today's podcast, and thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, and you can tune in tomorrow for a final speech. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Eves, and you're listening to This Day in History class a show where we peel back a new layer of history every day. The day was November 29, 1847. Members of the Cayuse Native American tribe murdered missionaries Marcus Whitman and Narcissa Whitman, along with 11 other people. The Whitman Massacre, as it became known, marked the beginning of the Cayuse War, a conflict between the Cayuse people and the U.S. government and American Frontiers people. In 1836, Marcus and Narcissa Whitman founded the Whitman Mission among the Cayuse near present-day Walla Walla, Washington. It was the second Protestant mission in the Oregon country, a region between the Pacific Ocean and the Rocky Mountains in the Pacific Northwest. The Whitmans built up the mission over the years, but tensions escalated between the missionaries and the Cayuse. The Cayuse refused to bend to Marcus's will and become full-time farmers, weren't interested in learning from the Whitmans, and did not care about Christianity. The Cayuse also maintained that since the Whitmans built the mission on their land, they were obligated to give them goods. But in the tribe members' eyes, Marcus wasn't fulfilling his obligations. Aware of the Whitman Mission's struggles with the Cayuse and with money, the American Board of Commissioners for Foreign Missions even ordered the mission to close in 1842, though the board later rescinded its order. The mission soon became a place where immigrants on the Oregon Trail stopped to rest, gather supplies, and receive care and treatment. As more people moved west, there was an influx of white immigrants in the area, the Cayuse were aware of the harmful effect the arrival of white populations was having on Native American tribes in other places. They brought with them disease, and in 1847, an epidemic of measles killed half the Cayuse people. The Cayuse were hungry, sick, and unhappy with how stingy Marcus was in his trading, and Marcus was unable to keep the epidemic under control for the Cayuse, even though he had been caring for white and Native American people who had been affected. They believed that Marcus, as a doctor and religious leader, was essentially killing their families to make room for more white immigrants. This was not unprecedented, as Native Americans in the Northwest had been threatened with germ warfare, 
and their beliefs about the power white people had over medicine was exploited. On November 29, 1847, a group of Cayuse tribesmen attacked the Whitman Mission, which was sheltering dozens of people, mostly immigrants. They killed 13 people, including Narcissa and Marcus. They destroyed most of the buildings at the mission and held around 50 women and children captive for weeks. Two children died and the other captives were ransomed. Historians agree that the Cayuse were defending their tribe since the Cayuse believed that Marcus was allowing measles to spread among them. News of the massacre reached Washington, D.C. in 1848, and Congress responded by establishing the Oregon Territory that August. The Provisional Legislature of Oregon and Governor George Abernathy authorized volunteers to go to war against the Cayuse, and a unit of volunteers was dispatched to the Dalles. Fighting soon broke out, and the Cayuse War continued sporadically for several years. The war did not turn out well for the Cayuse. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Feel free to share your thoughts or your innermost feelings with us and with other listeners on social media at TDIHC Podcast. And you can email us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We'll see you again tomorrow.